Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 115 to worship and glorify and magnify the God of heaven with His own inspired words as He mocks the gods of the heathen. It may not be politically correct to make fun of the gods of other religions, but it is certainly biblically correct. The God of heaven loves to make fun of the idols of the nations because it is so stupid to take a piece of wood or a piece of stone and to bow down to it after you've carved an ugly little face on it and think that you are praying to a god. Now that is just plain common sense to even a monkey. But it is not to the pagans of this world whom God has blinded to worship idols. And the Bible makes fun of them throughout. And this is just an example. And because it's it pertains to our subject today, we will read it to glorify the God of heaven as we read through it. Remember, these are God's words. David may have written them down, but they are God's words and they glorify Him. He loves this kind of praise. He wants us to live righteous and holy lives if we're going to delight in a psalm like this. So let us be careful and cautious that our sins are confessed and that we are in truth and indeed worshiping the God that we are praising. Stand with me and we will read Psalm 115 in unison. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is every one that trusteth in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, 
neither any that go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Not unto us do we take any glory in worshiping the God of heaven today. We are nothing but the saved children by His grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to His name that we give the glory for His great mercy and truth's sake. Pagan idolaters look at Israel under the Old Testament, and they look at Christians today, and they say, where is your God? Because, see, they have their God. They have their God in their temples. They have their God on their totem poles. They have their God in the crescent moon on top of their mosques. They have their God in a fat-bellied Buddha. They have their God in some wild Hindu painting of Krishna or one of the other gods. And so they have their gods and they say to the worshipers of the God of heaven, where is your God? And our answer, verse 3, our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Our God is sovereign of the universe. He created you pagans. He created us worshipers of him. He's created everything in heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. And he's done it according to his own choices. He consulted with no man. He doesn't ask anyone for permission, privilege, or how they should be created. He just did it as he hath pleased. So that's our answer to their foolish question. And then we have something to say about their gods. In verses 4 down through 7. You know, when they craft one of their gods, like a fat-bellied Buddha, and see, some of you just think that fat-bellied Buddhas are decor for one of the 50 Chinese restaurants in our city. But see, Buddhas are more than that. They're more than decor in other nations of the earth. They're made by men. Instead of their God creating them, they make their God. And the Lord expects us to recognize the significant difference. Verse 5, they have mouths and eyes. Verse 6, they have ears and noses. Verse 7, they have hands and feet. But they can't talk, see, hear, smell, handle, or move. They're nothing. They're a stump of wood. They're a piece of stone. They're nothing. And you know what the Bible goes on to say? It's in the 8th verse. They that make them are like unto them. The gifted craftsmen that are able to make this image are just as stupid, dumb, and incompetent as the idols they make. This is the word of the Lord. It's not my word. It's not my idea. I'm poking fun at another religion. It's God's. And because it's God's, I love it. Amen. Not only that, are their craftsmen as stupid as the idols they make, so is everyone that trusteth in them. All their worshipers are as stupid as the stump or the stone or the rock that they have turned into a god. And then we're exhorted in the different categories of the old nation of Israel to worship God and to put our trust in Him because He is our help and our shield. He will bless all those that fear the Lord, according to verse 13, both small and great. 
An idol can bless no one. An idol is nothing. An idol is the work of men's hands. But our God is in the heavens. He's already done whatsoever He hath pleased. But something that pleases Him is to bless those that fear Him. He loves to bless those that fear Him. And He will increase you. The greatest thing you can do for your family is not to get them a good education. The best thing you can do for your family is not to have them living in one of the better subdivisions in Greenville County. The best thing you can do for your family is right here in these two verses. He will bless them that fear the Lord, small and great. Verse 13, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. That is the blessing upon those that fear the Lord. And we close out with verse 18. We will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Let's fear His holy name and let's commit ourselves to Him with personal holiness, practical righteousness, and a godly and virtuous lives, fearing Him and trusting Him, letting Him be our help and our shield. He will bless us and our children. This is the promise of God's Word. It is our pleasure to ridicule the gods of the pagans It is our pleasure to praise and glorify the God of the Bible. May we do it in our homes. May we fear Him and may we teach our children to fear Him. And may the Lord fulfill His promises toward us by blessing us and our children and increasing us more and more. May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen. Now I'd like to ask these three brothers to come in this order to read a passage of Scripture for our edification and to prepare our hearts before our brother comes to open up the Word for us in a few minutes. Brother Ed Eldridge, then Brother Roland Crosby, then Brother Leon Carnell. A few brothers would like to come in that order. Please turn to Isaiah 1. I'm going to read 10 through 20. While you're turning there, just want to say that uh, in... In this, these cha- this chapter, the Lord is speaking to Sodom and Gomorrah. He's refusing and will not look at the way that they are praying to Him and what they're doing because of their personal sins. The public worship doesn't wash away their public sins. As it moves along, He tells them what He wants them to do. And to me, one of the great things that, that He says, and it's unbelievable that the Lord of heaven would say this, is come now and let us reason together. He comes down and wants to reason with us. Unbelievable to me. Then 19 and 20, he gives you two choices. Isaiah 1, 10 through 20. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks, or of the lambs, or of he goats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand? To tread my courts. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. 
Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings. From before mine eyes, cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Jeremiah chapter 7, the first 16 verses. The nation of Judah is trusting that their worship publicly at the temple is acceptable to God and a basis for their blessing. There's a problem. This, these verses and the rest of the chapter will describe numerous sins which were public and very blazing against God. He reminds them in this passage of a few verses that we read. He has makes reference to Shiloh. That was the worship center of Israel some generations before Jeremiah is now writing to Judah. God had destroyed the place. It no longer existed as a place of worship. And he's saying... The same thing is going to happen to you in, at Jerusalem unless you amend your ways. Amen. Watch for that word. Yes. Jeremiah 7. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord all ye of Judah, that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, The temple of the Lord are these. For if ye truly amend your ways and your doings, if ye truly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal? And walk after other gods whom ye know not, and come and stand before me in this house 
which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations. Is this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go ye now unto my place, which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it, for the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye heard not, and I called you, but ye answered not. Therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto the place which I gave to you, and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. Amen. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Amen. Therefore, pray not thou for this people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Amen book of Malachi, the last chapter in the Old Testament. Wherein the veiled language of the prophets, he speaks of the coming of Christ and the people of that time and our time. Malachi chapter 4. For behold... The day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Amen. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Amen. What a horrible state to be in in that second passage where... The Lord said not even to pray for a people that were like that. And in that warning, the end of the Old Testament, the lead into the New Testament, of the day that the Lord would be bringing, one of judgment. I hope we all contemplate that and think about that, not just now, but the rest of this day.